Hi, and welcome. You are listening to the Happiness Hacks podcast, and I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and in this podcast, I share my stories, lessons, and hacks I've learned, and I keep learning on my quest to live happier. The show notes and a complete transcript can be found at live-happier.com backslash podcast, and this is episode 68, My Dad and Grief and Living Happier. So today, as I sat down to record my podcast, I realized I'd been putting it off and kind of hadn't been 100% in my diligence around the podcast. And part of that is just that I've been writing writing a book, as I've told you, mentioned to you guys before. And so that's taking a lot of my energy, and hopefully going to be coming out um, the first part of 2018. I will keep you posted as I start um, unveiling that and and showcasing that more and more because it's going to start happening um building up to it in the next couple months but um so as i was sitting down trying to think about what i was going to talk about today one of the things that that popped up was grief and it is a big part of my life right now that i have not been sharing about in my blog or newsletters or anywhere on my social media i talk about it here and there but for the most part i really kind of avoid um, bringing the grief around my father and into my professional life. And so today, I just kind of wanted to touch base on that. And <laughs> I think part of the reason I've been kind of stuck in what I want to talk about and share about is that um, this kind of huge thing is left there, and I'm not really talking about it. And I tend to be very authentic and open in my life when it comes to what's happening and transparency is a, is a big part of what I think is a live happier is all about. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I haven't been sharing this part of my world, mostly because I've just wanted to keep it kind of private. And because it's a very personal event, but I thought it might be helpful just to kind of share my experience and um, just give my personal take on stuff. This is not I'm taking off the counselor hat for a little bit. I mean, everything I do kind of has a counselor hat, but I'm, you know, I'm not coming at this as an expert because I am by far not an expert when it comes to grief. And there are a lot of fabulous experts out there that know so much more. But this is just my personal story. And I'm hoping in, in sharing it that it will help others out there who are dealing with grief and all that that encompasses. Okay, so my dad died uh, January 29th of this year. And I, I had shared openly about his disease with Parkinson's with dementia that he had for many years, and he fought very diligently and and did regular exercises and, and really was a warrior when it came to this disease. And he was a warrior his whole life. So not surprising that he was a warrior when it came to this disease. And so we were, you know, he wasn't in the greatest of health, but it was a definite surprise when um, my brother pounded on our door at 3 a.m. to tell me that that he had died and just really wasn't expecting it at all. And actually he had gotten up to go to the bathroom and fell and just um, ended up um, – didn't live much longer after that. So fortunately, he died very quickly and in his home, which is where he went to go. And, and all those things were really fabulous that he got to die where he wanted to and, and pretty much how he wanted to. I don't know that he wanted to die quite then, but he was ready to go. And watching him suffer with the Parkinson's and dementia, it was very much a blessing to us and also very hard to lose him. He was very important to me. He still is very important to me. My dad was just kind of like my person. So this process, you know, so that was in January. Here we are almost October. And the whole thing has just been really surreal. And I think that's the hardest part is sharing that with people and, and helping people understand 
that, um, you know, the person dies and the funeral happens and, and everyone rallies and it's, you know, a family and friend came in, came into town and, and everyone rallied. And then, you know, as everyone says, when you read about grief, everyone just disappears and goes back to their life. And as they should, I'm not saying that's something's wrong with them, but everyone goes back to their life. And here, the person that's grieving, you know, here I am, and I still have this giant hole where this larger than life person was, and he's gone. And and I'm supposed to figure out how to function in the world without him. Meanwhile, the rest of the world keeps moving on. And that is such a surreal experience. And here I am, you know, months later, still trying to reconcile that. And, and this death, you know, of my dad wasn't traumatic, it wasn't unexpected, you know, I just keep thinking about all the people in the world who have traumatic deaths of 20 year olds or 30 year olds or babies, and you know, that person is just ripped out of their life. One day, they're perfectly fine. And the next day, they're gone. And I can't imagine really kind of trying to make that fit into your schema when I'm struggling so hard to fit into my schema that my 78 year old dad died, you know, like it was his time, he was sick, it wasn't it was a shock the day he died, but that he died was not a shock. But the level that it has taken me and and still I struggle with accepting it and still I struggle with with facing it every day and being like, Oh, my gosh, he's never coming back and having that thought on a daily multiple times a day basis is is jarring. So my empathy for those who are listening or those that you know who have traumatic deaths that are just out of the blue is just even more so. So my biggest takeaway from this experience, there's been a ton of takeaways, to be honest. But my biggest takeaway is now when I know someone who has lost someone, I regularly, I know to check in with them regularly months later to call and just say how you doing what's happening checking in because the tendency is to you don't want to check in with them because you don't want to remind them that someone died which is just so ironic and I catch myself doing it too like I don't want to email this friend because she might be having a great day and then if I email her how you doing she might be like oh yeah my dad died and it might jar her and here's the thing it isn't ever going to jar the person. They are always thinking about the fact that someone died. You know, maybe not always, but in the day they're thinking about it. So, you know, especially if they're in the first year or two of dealing with the grief. So you calling them or, or checking in with them isn't going to suddenly remind them and make them feel like, oh my gosh, you're right. I forgot my dad died. No, it is going to be like, oh, wow, you're really thinking of me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And what is fascinating to me is how even even though I know right now how important that is and how powerful that is when someone reaches out to me, I'm still hesitant to do it. And I think our, you know, we convince ourselves that we don't want to be too out there. We don't want to be pushing them. We don't want to remind them. And, and that's crap. We just need to be reaching out to people and, and touching base with them and, and seeing how everyone is doing in the world. But more so when someone is dealing with grief, because there is nothing more lonely in the world than grief and feeling like you're the only one in the world who's suffering or you're the only one in the world who's dealing with this. And to recognize, no, there are a lot of other people out there who are going through their day-to-day lives with a giant hole in their heart and trying to figure out how to keep going, even though this huge piece of their lives, you know, has gone. And and there has been a, a quote that I has been really helpful to me thinking about um, the idea that 
what grief is, is taking something that you had on the outside and could touch and feel and talk to and moving that person so that they only exist on the inside. And that's the process of grief is, is transforming them from an outside person to an inside person. And I think that is just so powerful. And that process takes a long time because here, you know, 44 years, I had my dad, I could call him, I could hug him, I could chat with him, I could tell him my day, and then suddenly he's gone. And to figure out how am I going to move him to the inside is hard. So I really wanted to talk about this today, A, because I feel like it's a big part of my life that I'm not sharing, but also because I think, you know, as a as a society, we need to get better about talking about grief. We need to get better about talking about our losses and our pain. And that grief is a big part of living happier. And it doesn't have to be losing a parent or a child or a friend or a sibling. It could be, you know, divorce or a loss of a relationship or a loss of a job. You know, we go through little griefs all the time. But it's, we also go through these, these bigger griefs, which, you know, losing a parent and or losing both your parents or the traumatic deaths I talked about. All of those are impactful in our day-to-day lives. And we want to move on, push it down, keep moving, keep chugging, keep soldiering on, suck it up, buttercup. And that isn't how this works. So this grief has strongly influenced my work in the sense of realizing we have to be acknowledging what we're going through. We have to be feeling what we're feeling. We have to. Because this one, my friends, was so huge. I can't not. So, you know, the other thing I would I would say is here I am um, almost nine months since dad died. And, you know, in so many ways, it feels like it was just yesterday. And I can remember three months in being like, oh, okay, so in six months, I'll feel better. Or in five months, I'll feel better. And, and now, the thing that I feel better, I guess, if I could say I feel better about something is that it's just the acceptance that this is just going to be here, this this giant hole and, and daily shedding tears and you know, that 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 may cease. But that hole is always going to be there. And I think I thought, oh, once I hit the three-month mark or once I hit the six-month mark, I'll go back to life as it was. And the recognition sets in that life will never be what it was. And, you know, figuring out that new normal and all that stuff that all the grief people talk about, um, (laughs) which, as you can tell, I find annoying because I don't want there to be a new normal. I want it to go back to the way it was. And I think that resistance is is hard in grief of kind of fighting the the new normal and fighting the reality. So I guess I want to say, you know, if you are going through grief right now and have lost someone close to you, whether traumatic or a natural death, I'm sorry. And I feel you. And, you know, I hope that you can find some solace somewhere. And if you are not, and you know someone, I really encourage you to reach out to them and just say, I'm here how you doing, just to check in. And, you know, for for months, I had a friend who would just text me and say, how you doing? And I would unload how I was doing. And she would just respond with, I love you. And it was just absolutely perfect. Because I just needed to be able to dump how I was feeling. And she with just 
and know that I didn't have to then justify it to her or explain it to her. I didn't, I just was going to throw it up at her. (laughs) She was going to respond with, I love you. And we'd move on. You know, it was just really awesome. And I never knew when she was going to send the text. I actually think she set an alarm to remind her to send the text, which was even more amazing because she just, she planned ahead. And, you know, I didn't find that offensive. I actually found that heartwarming because she knew she wouldn't remember. And so she reminded herself, which is even cooler, you know. So, um, you know, to really show up for people. And then the last thing I really want to say is if if you are grieving or know someone is, Megan Devine, and I will put her link to um, to her website in the show notes, is an amazing resource around grief. And she actually lost her fiancé uh, in a drowning accident and super traumatic. And she is a therapist who has done amazing work and just actually came out with a book on It's Okay Not to Be Okay. And her work has really given me the permission to just be wherever I am and, and feel whatever I'm feeling and, and just kind of do this messy, 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 messy process of grief in, in my way. And it has really been freeing. So I, I highly recommend her. And back when I talked about an expert on grief, I, I believe her to be one. That's my recommendation if you want some additional resources on this subject. So thank you for listening to this unusual podcast, I realize, and I appreciate it. And I'm hoping to, as I move through this, it's still really raw for me and hard for me to really talk about my dad and and the reality of what happened. And um, as this moves on, I think I will come back and revisit this in in a different way. I'm still really in the middle of this process. And so sharing about it is hard to be that vulnerable. And I think that is wisdom, is knowing when to share and when not to share. So I I wanted to share today to kind of showcase like, hey, this is what I'm going through, but I'm not all the way through it. And so sharing super honestly and openly and and showing all the raw details isn't where I'm at. And, um, but I am at a place to be able to share this is what helped and this is what didn't help and this is what is helping and this is what is not as helping. So hopefully you can gain some wisdom from that and some comfort from that if you're going through this as well. So with that, I'm going to move on to the weekly ritual challenge. So this week's weekly ritual challenge is actually to do, it's a little, it's a yoga move and it's to do alternate nostril breathing. So it's actually a move from yoga and you, you know, plug one nostril and breathe in and out, long exhale, long inhale, plug the other nostril, do a breathing in and out. So it kind of allows you to practice your breathing um, and reset your brain a little bit and slow everything down. So it's an awesome one to do in the car or in your office or any place you can do. You know, it does kind of look a little strange. So it's not one you're really going to want to be doing walking down the street. But hey, if you want to, rock on. Um, but it's one that really I have found very powerful and has been helping me this week in dealing with stuff. So that's the show. If you have any questions, please email me at live-happier.com. I I love hearing from you guys. And you can also follow me on Instagram, nancyjane underscore livehappier. So until next time, here's to living happier.